0: Hello and welcome to Astrology and Stuff the podcast where we try to talk about serious subjects without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm your host and sacred clown, Sampriti. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello, Earthlings and others who don't necessarily identify as Earthlings. Uh, but if you're listening to this, you are somehow related to Earth. So there you go. It applies to you, too. Um I am recording this on Monday, June 26th. Uh, We've recently had our summer solstice. I took a week off of the podcast uh, because much like the sun hanging high in the sky and just kind of staying there, this past week was very, very busy and it was very, very a lot. So I appreciate you hanging in there waiting for the next episode. If you would like to know more about what I do and how I do it, I encourage you to head on over to my um, website, www.astrogeomantica.net. Check out my offerings. I do natal chart readings. I do introduction to human design readings. I do astrocartography cartography readings um, via Zoom. And if you don't know what any of those are, I highly encourage you to head on over there or look me up on Instagram at Life. Feel free to DM me if you have any questions about my offerings or about why I do what I I do or how I do what I do. Um, I welcome any curiosity whatsoever. And I love engaging with folks. So hit me up, will you? Uh, my books for July should be open by the end of this week at the very, very latest. So if you've been wanting to book an appointment for July, hang in there. I got you and I can't wait to see you. All right. I think that's it. Oh, one more thing. I have a Patreon page. This wet, this website. Nope. This podcast is supported by my Patreon page. So if you enjoy these episodes, if you also maybe feel like getting a little bit more every week, uh, specifically about the transits that we are experiencing in that week, that time and place, head on over to patreon.com forward slash astrology underscore and underscore stuff. (laughs) Underscore Pod, <laughs> um, and you can find uh, the, the this link will be in the show notes. Um, you can find out how you can support the show. You can find out how you can get more stuff every week, and how you can just be a part of this amazing community um, that helps support me yammering on about astrology and pretty much everything that brings us to the curiosity that makes us want to engage with astrology, um, that whole kit and caboodle, go on over to Patreon and check it out. And thank you to all of my patrons um, if you're listening to this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, and I feel loved by you. So I appreciate you. All right, let's dive in. So last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago, the episode from two weeks ago, we took a wee bit of a departure from you know the hot and horny astrology and into the realm of how we relate to astrology and how we relate to ourselves via astrology and how we relate to how astrology can serve as a relationship container for the outer world and um, that. That was titled, um, episode 17, Embodiment, Presence, and Animism, part one. And that is going, just consider that that's going to be an ongoing conversation that I have with y'all. I do not have part two today because it's not ready. It's just this kind of, those kind of conversations are, are different from the, here's the astrology, here's how I experience it. Perhaps this is helpful for you conversations in that the astrology is what it is. Um, even transits are what they are. They can all be kind of deduced down to, um, not oversimplified, but yeah, deduced down to math and experience and expression. The other conversation is the growth that happens, the organic shift that happens within the experiencing and the embodiment of, you know, for this podcast sake of the astrology. And so, whereas I can kind of press a button and make the astrology come out, I can't do that for the other. Um, it has to bubble up, right? It has to be seated inside and when it wants to come out, it's going to come out. So this is definitely a conversation that I think will be inserted into all of my, um, all of my episodes for the time being, because it's just, it's a layer at which I'm expressing myself and experiencing myself right now. And it can't help but come out. Um, but as far as having like a whole dedicated episode to it, look for part two in the future. And because it'll be there. I just don't know when. (laughs) So, okay. So this episode is about, it's it's a return to proper astrology. And it is about an upcoming transit. I I believe it's also going to be a a first foray, a part one, if you will, um, into the subject. Because we've got um, a couple of weeks. Is it three weeks? Let me bring up my calendar um, June one, two, three. Yeah. Just a day shy of three weeks. We're going to be entering into a new nodal transit. And so, you know, that you've heard me talk about the lunar nodes, uh, maybe ad nauseum, uh, they're an important tool that helps us break down the larger evolutionary pieces, you know, that if you want to think of, of evolution in general and change and transformation and alchemy in general, the alchemization of the human experience and, and not just the human experience, but consciousness in and of itself and consciousness expressing itself through the human experience. Um, think of those as like tectonic plates. Those are of the earth. Those are, they're massive. They're huge. They shift sometimes incredibly slowly. And then they have these bursts of, of, of change and of movement as well. And they're always moving. And then, but they're, if you're, we're just bodies, right? I'm just one single body taking up very little space in the middle of one state, in the middle of one country. Um, borders are weird, by the way, uh, in the middle of one continent. Okay. On this, that happens to be on this tech, this tectonic plate that I'm on that has a relationship to, with all of the other tectonic plates on the earth. So it's hard for me to relate to that. It's hard for me to grasp Okay. It's not a part of my everyday experience. Um, however, if I break it down to perhaps one more level, looking at my nearest fault line, what's my nearest fault line? What's the, the fault line that's nearest to me that, um, you know, if there is a shift, if there, when there is change, when there is a shift, Maybe I could feel it a little bit. And that's, oh, I I there is a fault line in my state. I moved from a state that was pretty much all fault line and defined by the San Andreas fault. I moved from California and I grew up um, living with and through many earthquakes, most of them minor, a few major, um, to North Carolina. And I had no idea we had a fault line. And we, gosh, when was it? the la- i think it was 2 years ago um there was a you could feel there was an earthquake that if you knew what you were feeling you could identify as like was that an earthquake um but v- you know obviously much much less than than living in california but that is something that it's a little bit more it's a little bit more close to home it's a little bit more digestible di- digestible it's a little bit more relatable and then i break it down even more and i bring it to the earth, the piece of earth, the piece of that massive tectonic plate that I happen to be on right now. And it's this teeny tiny, relatively triangle of, of land, of earth, that is bordered on, on two sides, two of those sides of the triangle by a fence and the third side by a street. And in the middle, it's grass. It's a lot of what other people would call weeds, but I just call plants. (laughs) Ivy, a lot of oak trees. I just found an elderberry tree in my backyard. I was so, that was like my solstice gift (laughs) from the earth is uh, my husband didn't weed whack or or bushwhack the back this year, and I got an elderberry tree, and it's absolutely gorgeous, or an elder tree. Um, There's cats, uh, feral cats that live here. There's a house that happens to be here. Sometimes there's a vehicle. Sometimes there's two vehicles that rest on this land. There are flowers. Um, There's a whole ecosystem of animals and arachnids and arthropods and insects, and microbes and flora and fauna and the David realms. And you, you see where I'm going with this. Um, this is the piece of land that I wake up to every single morning and that I go to sleep on, resting on, every single night. And if I'm here, I know I'm familiar with how the sun which windows the sun is going to rise up, which where the light is going to come through depending on the time of year. I'm acutely aware of the shadows and how they play throughout the year and throughout the seasons. I have a relationship to this this triangle of land that I have been blessed enough to live on and off of for the past six years. And I'm intimate with it. So there's a day-to-day intimacy with this certain location. So the nodes are, the lunar nodes are how we experience the massive level of evolution via Pluto um, on the day-to-day because Pluto, again, Pluto's like those massive tectonic plates. I live on a, on a huge, the North American tectonic plate, but I'm not, I don't have, that's not my day-to-day awareness. Okay. My day-to-day awareness is this tiny triangle. Those are the lunar nodes, the North node and the South node. And this, and I'm bringing this up today because in three weeks time, the lunar nodes will change signs. And so I'm going to, Get the help of Diva Green or Deva Green, daughter of um, Jeffrey Wolf Green, who's kind of the the main white Western translator and um, transmitter and channeler of evolutionary astrology. Um, and that's the primary modality of astrology and just language of astrology that I utilize. And again, every time I talk about Jeffrey Wolfgreen, I want to make sure that I talk about his teachers and where he, um, uh, where he received blessings and and teachings of uh, evolutionary astrology from, and it's from, um, uh, Sri Yukteswar and Yogananda. Um, those were, Sri Yukteswar was Jeffrey Wolfgreen's primary um, um, primary teacher. Uh, Swami Sri Yukteswar also uh, was guru or teacher to uh, Yogananda. So the, there's just a lot of understanding that's coming through here, and I want to make sure that I honor that lineage. Um, so Deva Green... Is Jeffrey Green's daughter, and she does a lot of like his editing and compiling of his, um, of of his works, of his lifetime of works. But you know, just as important, she's an incredible astrologer in her own right. And I'm going to use her words. I'm going to quote from her um, when we're talking about to explain. Use her genius to explain our relationship to the nodes and basically like what they do and why they're important and why they're worth talking about and paying attention to and quote, no discussion of evolutionary astrology can begin without first mentioning Pluto in evolutionary astrology. The natal position of Pluto symbolizes the core evolutionary desires slash intentions of past lifetimes. While Pluto's polarity point reflects the current evolutionary intentions. Similarly, we can look to the moon's nodes to see how the evolutionary journey given, uh, excuse me, the, how the evolutionary journey within any given lifetime will take place consciously on an emotional level as we make the transition from our evolutionary past to the future. The south node of the moon presents the past lifetime's egocentric structure of the soul. It reflects how the soul has consciously integrated the evolutionary intentions of the past. Again, this is similarly symbolized by Pluto's natal position or where Pluto shows up in your chart. The south node of the moon represents the soul's prior self-image. Conversely, The North Node reflects the soul's evolving egocentric structure and forming self-image for the present lifetime and beyond. It is how the soul will consciously embrace the current life's intentions, also symbolized by Pluto's polarity point. The soul will use the specific dynamics reflected in the North Node to facilitate its evolutionary transition as it breaks patterns of the past and embraces the lessons of the future the soul's changing egocentric structure and new identity is consciously reflected by the North Node. The natal position of moon by house and sign reflects the soul's current self-image and how the transition from the evolutionary past to the future will take place on a day-to-day basis. Day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis. The core point within this is that as we merge and unite with the source, a metamorphosis of the egocentric structure occurs. The water triad of cancer, ego, Scorpio, merging metamorphosis, and Pisces, source, reflects this egocentric change, end quote. Okay. So we've got three planetary bodies, uh, or two planetary bodies and two points that she's talking about that we're dealing with talking about Pluto, uh, actually three points, Pluto and Pluto's polarity point. And Pluto's polarity point is simply the point directly oppositional. The, the point that is the polar opposite to where your Pluto sits. For instance, my, uh, Pluto rests at 26 degrees Libra, uh, in just inside my fifth house uh in, on, in my chart. So my Pluto polarity point is at 26 degrees Aries uh just inside my 11th house. Okay, so that's the polarity point. Um we're talking about the moon. And we're talking about, you know, the natal moon and we're talking about the na- the lunar nodes, the north node and the south node. So for today's conversation we are talking about not natal charts, but the transits, okay? We're talking about something that we, we don't only experience as individuals, but we experience as parts of the collective. And that is kind of the main thing that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so, so kind of put a pin in that not only as individuals, but as individuals who happen to be a part of the collective, or maybe better said, to my point later on, parts of the collective that just happen to be individuals. Okay. So right now, and since January of 2022, um, the North Node has been in Taurus, the sign of Taurus, and the south node has been in the sign of uh, of Scorpio. Right now, today, 26th of June, 2023, the north node is at, has made its entire journey, nearly its entire journey through the sign of Taurus. And it rests now at one degree Taurus. And that means the south node is at one degree uh, Scorpio. And on Monday, July 17th. Oh, I guess it is exactly three weeks. Yeah, Monday, 17th of July 2023, the nodes will shift from zero, zero Taurus and Scorpio to 29 degrees Aries and Libra. North node will be moving into Aries, and the south node will be moving into Libra. I have found it over the last couple of weeks, I've just kind of observed that a lot, um, you know things coming into resting on my radar as it pertains to the, uh, the nodes themselves and the nodes where they are right now. And unsurprisingly, right. And the, I love how, whereas everything else moves, um, quote unquote, chronologically or numerically through the the degree signs of the signs or the the degrees of the signs rather um i e we begin in zero 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 degrees of a sign and we end at twenty nine degrees of the sign the nodes are different they gotta be different um they start off at twenty nine degrees of a sign and they 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 build and they build and they build, but their building is different from moving from a lesser number to a greater number. The building is almost this experience of, of undressing. It's like we start off in the nodal points with a, an experience, a feeling of mastery because we start off at 29 degrees and that 29th, it's the ultimate degree. It's like Pisces as a degree. I've it's like I've been through all these other degrees. I got it. This is the culmination. This is the culmination. This is the climax. Okay? Before I give way to the next one. Fucking lunar nodes, they start off there. And our journey is a reversal. It's one of getting getting to the heart of the matter was I didn't know I was going to say that, but that was just right there. <laughs> Getting to the heart of the matter over the course of the 30 degrees um, near in and around 18 months it takes for the lunar nodes to move through these 30 degrees bit by bit by bit undressing until we get to that heart of the matter. We get to zero, zero instead of beginning at zero, zero. And it's almost like this experience of... Coming home to a clean slate, and I mentioned this in the Patreon episode, this week's Patreon episode that I just recorded, Of, uh, and I was relating this sensation to uh, Neptune in Neptune retrograde because Neptune's getting ready to go nep- ne- retrograde and Saturn's been retrograde for a wee bit. And there's almost this sense when we get these outer planets and like the super big teacher planets going retrograde, there's this sense of like, you're going over the receipts, you're dotting the I's, you're crossing the T's. But part of that is also getting the sense of like, shit, I've already done this. Why am I still engaging my energy in this story that has already been, I guess I did all the work. I'm, I'm here checking my homework and I fucking got all the answers, right? I I did it. So why am I still here? Why am I still fucking around with this particular thing? I'm ready. I'm seeing that. And it's not this desire to, you know, the statement of I'm ready to move on as a an addiction to productivity, linear project progression. Um, thank you next, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not talking, it's not that. It's this soul level, like, hey, you agreed, one of your agreements was to be in alignment with the soul's desires, but also on the soul's relative timeline of meaning like when a thing is done, let's move on. Let's not, as Jesus so uh, vividly described it, let's not return to it like a dog returning to its vomit. You know, it's a, there's nothing here for you. It's just, let's go. Um, that kind of progression that, which we would, we can call evolution, um, and transformation and alchemization, that kind of thing. Um, it's this, so whereas the the, Neptune my point was ne- Neptune retrograde and Saturn retrograde can kind of give us this experience of like going back a little bit in order to have that realization of like oh I guess I guess I'm done okay let's let's just be and the next thing will present itself let's just be similarly perhaps the the counting down of the nodal degrees of the degree, you know, the nodes going through more and more simple, increasingly simpler numbers, increasingly simpler degrees has almost this experience of like bringing it back to like, what the fuck even matters here? You know, it's, it forces us to simplify our experience of this particular energy or archetype. Um, And so, for instance, moving from, you know, our experience of 29 degrees Taurus in January of 2022 was very different from our experience of one degree Taurus uh, north node, one degree Scorpio south node in, you know, June of 20, late June of 2023 and i think one of those flavors is like we we jump into 29 degrees i remember 29 degrees taurus where it's like this i f- it felt like i was i received the keys to the kingdom it felt like i had access to absolutely everything i had not experienced it yet my body had not moved through all of these degrees yet but by being kind of initiated into the 29 degree mark, I was like, there was this sense of like, oh shit, I I know what this is going to be. I know there's, there's an accessibility to it. There is an availability to this energy that just doesn't happen when, with the rest of our planetary embodiments and point embodiments where we are initiated into the zero, zero. Like for instance, we just moved from Gemini into cancer last week and I just got done talking about this on the Patreon episode of like, it, it can sometimes now more than ever, the, you know, the more that I, I pay attention and the more that I purif- kind of simplify and purify, et cetera, my experience of my own astrology and of communicating that experience of astrology, um, it takes me like a solid third, you know, a week to maybe 10 days of the new sign of me just kind of unpacking the last sign and feeling this, this uh, merging or this giving way of the last sign. And then like maybe seven to 10 days into the new sign, I feel it planted. Right. It feels like, Oh, you know, and I guess that might just be an experience or an expression of moving through the first day can, the first 10 degrees of, um, of a sign. And this, this, so when you, and part of that, um, pardon me as I trip over my words, um, part of that might be this whole phenomenon that I'm talking about of the difference between entering into a sign at zero, zero versus entering into it at 29 degrees, and um, and so as we bring it back to like the, the kind of the void spacey th- experience of like, what am I even doing here? You know, I've, I've already done all this of the kind of Neptune and outer planets and Saturn retrogrades is there's this, this, this feeling as we get to like the penultimate and then the ultimate degrees of this nodal sign is like, I... I only know that I don't know. I only know that I know nothing. I only know that I know nothing. (laughs) And that's kind of the point. But in the part of our human that is really in love with attaching and identifying, um, that can, can have a translated kind of flavor of like, what's the fucking point, man? What's the fucking point? I honestly, with all transparency, I had... A moment this morning, when I was kind of thinking through the day or, or putting myself through the day, I'm like, I'm going to record both of my episodes. I know what I'm going to talk about, but why? Why if it's all changing? You know, <laughs> why if I I I'm going through a bit of a a growth spurt with my own relationship to so many things that you know that act as an umbrella over this, you know, one of the things that's under that umbrella of the so many things is my relationship to astrology. And it's like, why do I, why do I want to put the work in and, and create and publish record, create and publish an episode. If I'm not going to feel this way or if astrology is going to show up different from different for me next month. And here was the, here's the little kernel of enlightenment, that little mustard seed, was that instead of me being freaked out by that and feeling like I'm not a good enough astrologer, a good enough human, a good enough person to or a good enough astrologer to have a platform, well, you're just gonna be wishy-washy so why 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 even record if you're not gonna be consistent? why even put yourself out there? instead of that, which was the old way, I experienced it as like, oh, this is just a growth spurt. This is just me. There must be the next thing around the corner. And I'm not like super eager, eager to, you know, run away from this moment to jump into that moment. Cause I know it will come, but it was enough of a, of a thought awakening to be like, Oh, I can accept this moment as it is. Um, in my relationship with astrology if i'm i'm the one who's got to put her money where her big mouth is if i'm going to be talking about astrology as a relationship as a uh an evolving a constantly evolving a relationship then i kind of have to relate to it when it gets to these points of like hey, there's a growth spurt happening. You're just growing out of your old way of relating to this this particular part of yourself and part of your experience in much the same way that the nodes are growing out of, of, uh, of their signs right now, but they're doing so from this place of beginnings, from this place, and they're the only ones that do that. This place of, you know, I only know that I know nothing. Next. <laughs> and so you can tell, like you can see how on one hand, getting to the end of the race or getting into the getting to the end of the road and be like, I only know that I know nothing. If we're if we're not zen about it, it can be like what why 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 did I do that? why did i what was that all for? But we know right we're here, you're here, you're listening to to this I'm here, I'm talking about this. we all know at least capital k no if not lower k no lowercase k no we all know that it means everything and also that it means nothing, and that both of those things are equal and share space. And they, both of those elements create life. They're the source of all creation. They're the source of all consciousness. They're the source of all experience and being is that in the same breath, it means everything and it means nothing. And it's like our our journey is like in my, in this moment, am I going to be okay with that and have that experience? Or in this moment, am I going to be not okay with that? And then have that experience. There's no right or wrong. It's just choices, right? Okay. So let's get into a little bit of the specifics. Um, we have, uh, we have been in these fixed signs of Taurus and Scorpio. And we're moving into cardinal signs of Aries and Libra. And right here, I'm going to tell you some, if, if this is really interesting for you over the next couple of weeks, maybe go back and listen to episode three, which, is, which contains all about Aries, uh, and then episode seven, which contains everything about Libra. And so these, we're moving from the quality of fixed energy to the quality of cardinal energy. Thinking back perhaps late 2022, excuse me, late 2021, we were finishing out our journey in mutable energy and mutable signs, let go of the seasons, fixed signs dwell in the seasons and cardinal signs initiate. They call in the seasons, um, And so moving from mutable to fixed for me felt fucking fantastic, absolutely fantastic because I was exhausted. Oh, I'm still exhausted. But like that, that part of me that was just kind of kept my, was still taking, consistently taking the temperature of that, that type of energy that was afoot, um, you know, at the beginning of the eighteen months, it's glorious. By the end of the eighteen months, you're like, "Fucking a!" Just give me, just let me sit down. Let me sit down and dwell, please, please let me dwell. And, and I think a lot of that also is we're talking about the elements too, right? So, the 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 mutable energy of the signs that we left before going into Scorpio and uh, Taurus were air and fire these are masculine energies and shifting from that mutable into the fixed meant that also meant that there was an additional layer we were moving into water and earth so we were moving into um, into those um, fixed feminine uh, energies and So we were, we dwell, we, for the last 18 months, we've been called to dwell. We've been, that's been the energy that we have magnetized, couldn't help, but magnetized. By the way, none of this is conscious on our part. (laughs) None of it, it can bubble up and become conscious perhaps when we are suffering And wondering why we are so exhausted and being like, oh, I, I'm in full on like deep. I'm not talking like day to day. I'm talking about, you know, that part of yourself where you just, you recognize you have these beautiful moments of enlightenment and awareness and you're recognizing that you, the core part of you is out of alignment with natural law. And you're like, oh, that's why this is so hard. Okay. Okay. And so you just kind of adjust. You just bring yourself. The the awareness is the adjustment, right? And so we, for this this past year and a half, we have been the Earth, the cosmos, the Moon, all of these pieces of nat these these um, teammates within natural law have been uh, pulling us and magnetizing us to the adjustment of dwelling of we, we don't have to let go of anything. The, we be and the earth and the stars and all of our, all of our, our partners in relationship, the moon, all of that, they, if we, if we need to let go of something in particular, they move through us. We dwell. If, um, if and when, because whenever something moves out, vacuums don't exist. Something fills its space. They do that for us. We just dwell. Okay? It's magnetism and expulsion. It's magnetism and expulsion. It's breathing in. It's breathing out. It's inspiration and respiration. Okay? It does not happen because we tell it to happen. We don't, we don't want that power we don't, we did not agree to that power. (laughs) We simply be. And so that, and that's, there's fixed energy all the time, right? And there's, we walk around with fixed energy because all of us, whether or not we have planets in these signs, all of us have Taurus and Leo and Aquarius in our chart. So we are embodied micro embodiments of fixed energy. So it's not that for the last 18 months, this was the only time that we had to, to practice this dwelling. It's just, it was hyper-focused. Okay. So we are moving into cardinal energy where we will be hyper-focused on that particular energy, on the initiation, on the pioneering on the let's fuck around and find out that kind of energy. And we, and it it remains to be seen from my perspective, my personal perspective, how I get into that new energy and then have the realization via contrast of like, oh man, this feels so good. It feels so good to be moving again, or it feels so good to be blah, blah, blah again. And via that contrast, I could see that, oh man, yeah, I was, I was kind of over the fixed energy in the way that back in the day I was, I was, I knew that I was over the mutable energy. (laughs) I just was, I was ready for Taurus. I thought I was ready for Scorpio, but nobody's ever consciously Uh, honestly, truthfully ready for Scorpio. That's not the point. Um, So we're moving into this cardinal energy and for the next year and a half from July, 2023 to January, 2025, um, we're going to be in this cardinal energy and not just cardinal energy, but like the cardinaliest of the cardinal, you know how I, I call Pisces the mutable list of the mutable sign because not only does it is it a mutable sign in that it it completes and it lets go of a particular season, i.e., winter. It completes and it lets go of the entire evolutionary cycle, Aries through Pisces, because it's the ultimate sign. It's the last sign. Well, friends, um, we are moving into the cardinaliest of the signs, and that is Cardinal Fire Aries, as the North Node. Aries brings in this energy of the beginning of the beginning of the beginning of the evolutionary cycle, and Libra is also cardin- can also be a, a co-cardinalist uh, sign because C- Libra begins the external the 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 upper half of our zodiacal wheel the last six signs of the, of the Zodiac, the transpersonal, it begins the transpersonal um, experience of the evolutionary cycle. Okay. And where we evolve via relationship with the external world. So these two signs were once again, entering into fire Aries and air Libra so we're re-entering into the masculine energy realm. It is penetrative, it is expansive. it is um, it is exploration explorative. It likes to explore, we'll put it that way. Um, and it is it's all about form and function. and whereas the feminine was I'm gonna dwell here. And especially, and it's the, the feminine was is really really happy in these fixed signs. It, from this this perspective, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dwell here, and I'm gonna magnetize. I'm gonna let it come to me. I'm gonna let it come to me. I'm gonna dwell here. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fill the container. That I'm gonna fill that which is formed around me, and it's that that subjective experience. And so, this July in two weeks, we are going to shift gears from zero, zero, Taurus, Scorpio. And then, in the next second, in the next moment, it's going to be 29 degrees, Aries, Libra. So, we're moving from this polarity partnership of fixed earth, water, energy. Of Taurus and Scorpio, i.e. the themes of how does living in the moment relate to our immortality, Taurus to Scorpio, and how does the confrontation of and dwelling in our mortality slash immortality, Scorpio, relate to and, and inform our dwelling here in the now, in this body, in this environment, with these gifts, with these talents, these are my resources. That's Taurus. So those major themes are going to be shifting, quote unquote, backwards into the sign of Aries and Libra. So this sense of, Filling our cups with taurus i e that's the north node's job is as you know David Green put it um, the North node reflects the soul's evolving egocentric structure and forming self-image for the present lifetime and beyond i e she's so smart but i e um what are we what are we engaging in what is our North Star in in order to, in order to inform our evolutionary progress. Okay. This is what I feel myself becoming. This is what on, on all levels of consciousness and unconsciousness, mostly unconscious coming into consciousness, bringing the unconscious into consciousness means that this journey is such a journey full of of things that we used to do unconsciously that we now have little bits and pieces of, of consciousness around. Even if it's the consciousness of I only know that I know nothing, <laughs> you know? That's, that's supreme consciousness in my book and in many books. Um, but anyway, this, you know, evolutionary pull, the magnetic pull of that north node is shifting from those themes of Taurus into the themes of Aries. What are they? So, if we're moving backwards through our development, um, the, the 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 developmental uh, themes of Taurus are: uh, I dwell. You know, I'm I'm here now. I have, I have this. I have these resources. I have this. I have this body. I have this uh, space around me. I have these eyes with which to see that which I have. I have these ears to hear that which I have. I have this nose to smell. I have this tongue to taste. I have my entire soma to experience um, that which is inside of me and then reflect that, experience that which is around me. And have be in relationship with these parts of myself that enable that. So we move from that to Aries, I am. I just I am. It's the it's the beginning of the beginning. And what more beginning can we get than I am? And so it's these themes of self-identification. And um Oh man, I want to get into this, extrapolate so much from this, but I'm going to talk about Libra real quick as the South Node, that shift too. And then I'll get into this Aries North Node shit that's kind of been landing for me. So Scorpio South Node. So the South Node, if the North Node is what we are in seeking to engage in and seeking to evolve into those those magnetic poles... Of where our evolution, greater and greater evolution, lies, pulling us towards that. The south node is what we are already programmed with, how we already have evolved. You know what we have mastered, what we have experienced, what um, what lessons we have left kind of un- undone, what the baggage that we come in with, as well as the mastery. And with this Scorpio South Node experience for the last year and a half, Jesus Christ, right? It's just been death upon death upon death upon death. (laughs) Death has been front and center um, because transformation has been front and center. Sex has been front and center because transformation has been, and alchemization has been front and center. Power struggles the presence of power. Where does our power sit? Uh, what is our relationship to our own power, as triggered by others, and and all with this sense of like the cleansing element of it, of the letting go. What is meant to what is meant to be let go? What is meant to be let go? What is meant to be let go? I.e., what's meant to die off. And so I I joke with a few of my friends that I talk with nearly every day. And via Marco Polo. And it's just like, all right, another death cycle. Here we go. (laughs) Another death cycle, another death cycle. But through the year and a half of that, we've been, um, it's kind of funny. Excuse me. Um, It's kind of funny because the longer we go through death cycles and we get to bear witness to our own annihilation and then remain here, the more that those death cycles become life cycles. Like there's just this merging of the death and the life that did not exist for us as presently, as vitally, as experientially as it did a year and a half ago. No? Right. That, and it's just the weirdest damn thing, isn't it? It's that to get so much within you and outside of you rested from your grip to be called again and again and again to let go, to, to shed, to let go and to shed and to let go and to shed and to fucking trust that your essence will not be annihilated with it, no matter how much it feels that way, no matter how certain you think you are of that, you're still here. And not only are we still here, we are fucking diamonds compared to what we used to be as far as our clarity and our strength and our sharpness, like the acuity, like the the acuity with which you can sense the world around you, the sensitivity with which you can just engage in your life now compared to a year and a half ago, it's deeply, deeply, deeply related to because we have died so many times and we have confronted death in and around us so many times, over the past year and a half. And it each time, it pushes us closer to that north node. It, it allows us to surrender again and again to the force of that north node, magnetically pulling us into and only to the present moment, the dwelling of the dwelling of the dwelling of the earth, within the earth. What does that truly mean? And it's just this purification ritual uh, that we've been through over the the last year and a half, I believe and every it's it's everything is a purification ritual obviously that's just how our world works that's how our natural law works but it feels so, like it's every nodal every nodal uh shift feels greater than the last, like it feels like the, the biggest one we've ever had, but fuck man, Taurus and Scorpio, it's life and death. I don't see how it gets any bigger. She said before moving into Aries, Aries Libra, <laughs> <Ares> Libra. <laughs> famous last word. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk. Oh, so this is going into Libra. So we're going from um, let's let's think about the Libra. Let's talk about the Libra Scorpio relationship and shift. And um, pardon me, I have cats going nutballs over here. Um, so Libra, as the seventh sign, governing the seventh house, ruled by Venus, air. Libra is our first foray into the realm of the transpersonal. Like, oh, there's something outside of myself. And the kicker is that it doesn't stop there. It's actually the experience of this is there's something outside of myself and I didn't die. (laughs) Like moving from the personal, the first six signs, the internal evolution, the subjective evolution, just me and me up into the transpersonal, there's a bit of a death there because there's a death of the understanding that that's all there is. And then you get into, um, you know, any, any traveler, any explorer, especially in whatever the early days were, it's all fucking relative, Right. Um, explorers traveling across great seas and coming to land that they did not yet know existed and engaging in perhaps plants and animals that they had never seen before, maybe engaging with people who looked completely different from the people that they grew up with. And that they had been exposed to. that's There's a death there. Because there's a death of that certain understanding that the world is simply limited to what you know it to be. And so it's kind of the same thing. We get into the transpersonal realm where relationship is a thing and an external world is a thing. And that part of like the Toric movement of our energy where it kind of moves up and out of us. And then it starts to reflect back what's inside of us having that experience is a death of thinking that the internal subject of evolutionary experience is all there is. And so in Libra, it's almost like this, the death experience is a little bit delayed until Scorpio, because we get into Libra and we have this explosion where the, the, the mono becomes the bi. You know, it becomes the binary. It means it becomes the dual. The one becomes the two. And that's all Libra is here to do. That's all Libra can handle is fucking grokking this context of shit, now there's more than one. Oh my God, there's relationship. And it's just this just this immersion of the concept and therefore the practice, this whole fractalization. Of what we thought was one thing, and now it's two, and what do we what the fuck do we do with this? And so Scorpio, I think, and that's and Libra's a masculine sign yeah it's it's uh, ruled by Libra, but it's rule excuse me, it's ruled by Venus, but it's air, so it's this masculine conceptual here's the form and the function. it's when we get into the next sign, the eighth sign ruled by Pluto and Mars. Um, uh, fixed water Scorpio, that's where we can kind of um, emerge into the death of that conceptualization that we just thought it was me and me and now it's we. And so Scorpio is where that has to die off. Uh, We come into the, the practice and the concept and the experience of the dying off that has to happen when we come when we submit ourselves to transformation when we submit ourselves to evolution and that is that is a uh, Scorpio's whole whole shtick is transformation evolution change alchemy alchemization okay and so from Scorpio into Libra, we're going from like the death element of that to the conceptualization, the source of kind of like why we had to go deep and and come into the, the have the feminine water hold us in that experience. So the South Node mechanism is going to be shifting from that. Kind of holding the ramifications of this world, you know, world changing, paradigm shifting, mind blowing um, concept into the concept itself. And that is relationship, Libra, relationship. Venus rules both Taurus and Libra. So for the last year and a half, the North Node has been occupied by the Venusian experience of. Itself of the self of of r- relationship within the self, um, the presence of values. What are my values? Um, what are my desires? Based on who wh- who I am and where I am in the moment, and how the present moment can is the only thing that can bring us an understanding, but mostly more importantly, an experience of these desires and a projection of these desires. And so the other Venusian um, concept or, or character is air masculine Libra in, in that Venus, informed by the Taurus, uh, her planetary uh, rulership of Taurus, is going to now put that into practice and create the container of relationship. It's a it's a stencil, it's a just a fully formed container that the rest of the development cycle, i.e. Scorpio through Pisces, will depend upon. It will rest in, it will exist inside of this container that Venus sets up in Libra um, as the seventh sign. So The south node coming in, I, and I talked about this a little bit over the past year, how the south node coming into Libra, I was like, it's going to be, you think you're dealing with codependency now. You think you're dealing with the, the ramifications of codependency. You're waking up to like, oh fuck, I just thought I was in relationship. Nope. That's a codependent relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this next year and a half is going to be that on steroids. It's going to, we're going to be seeing like the great die off of what we thought, um, relationship was. Okay. And for those of us who are Pluto in, uh, in Libra generation, which was, I believe, Let me just give you all some some actual numbers. So it was 72 to 84. So if you were born between 1972, um, or like the latter half of 1972, and 1984, chances are you've got Pluto in Libra. And this, we are this generation, uh, this 12-year generation of um our evolutionary desires and how we're programmed are planted in this archetype in this this uh matrix of libra of relationship of of all of the, of seeking to evolve this this section of the world uh this section of experience i.e. libra and so we are going to be experiencing the South node moving over our Pluto. And so I would, I would look at where, you know, what degree that is and maybe get an ephemeris and see when you, um, feel free to reach out to me too. Um, DM me on Instagram. Um, and and see when the south node is going to be hitting up your Pluto because that, that's going to be a great cleansing. It's going to be an intense cleansing, but it's going to be a great, great cleansing that is necessary for absolutely everybody, and everybody goes through it if they live long enough multiple times in their life, and we'll, we'll be fine. Um, I personally have all of my malefics in Libra, as uh, I talked about a couple of uh, episodes back, when I was going through my own chart and, um, and so I'm, I'm just kind of not thinking about this, <laughs> this part of the next year and a half. I, cause there's nothing you can do, right? It's just, and why would I, the only way that I would be engaging in it, if I'm engaging is via resistance, you know, as long as I, if I know enough, if I prepare enough, then maybe I, it won't hurt as bad. And it's just like resisting the sensation. Instead, I'm going to, at least at this point, I'm going to try to operate with as much grace and surrender and gentleness and softness as possible. Um, because having had two kids, the more you relax around it, the easier it goes. <laughs> so let's get to Aries, though. Um, Aries North node, obviously at first blush, I was like, okay, so this is dealing with the evolved or it's dealing with self-identification and it's kind of at, it, it brought through this awareness that we are, I think we are experiencing a, like a, a climax, a zenith of identification of the self as the self already within the greater culture, i.e. nobody, and and I'm not just talking as, I'm not, th- this is not snark centered. This is not, I'm not leading with snark. I am, this is, I'm trying to be as neutral as possible. Like literally we are so self-identified. Like we are so not judging, I'm not judging this. We are so, I think because we are meant to be in many ways, we are so preoccupied with the self In ways that I don't think we've ever been, (laughs) simply because we have access to more and more mirrors, mirrors being, um, information of any kind, media, social media, uh, ways of, of communicating what we think, what we look like, who we think we are, what we want to say, uh IE podcasts <laughs> it's just my voice right now uh when i have guests it will be their voices too but it's still going to be my podcast and so just from like a really neutral quantitative analysis i think we're really we are so self-obsessed as and specifically not just self-obsessed but self-obsessed with how we identify, like the labels, the judgments, the camp we are in. And so this, this kind of what comes into this is when we were in um, Cancer Capricorn nodes and Gemini. Yeah, Cancer Cap- So yeah, Leo Aquarius really kind of, it felt like it took a leap when we were in Leo Aquarius. Um, so I believe like 2016- Ish there and about uh, 2017. Uh, Leo Aquarius, um, then Cancer Capricorn nodes, and then put some gasoline on the fire with Gemini Sag. Because once the nodes went into Gemini Sag, it was all about access to information and what what did that mean? And how what's your ideology? And how do you identify? And whose side are you on? Like there's that, that denser, those denser regions of Sagittarius of like judgment based camps. And then we get into Taurus Scorpio and there's kind of a different gasoline that's thrown on the fire because everybody had, had been going through this super intense level of well, this is what I think. So, does that mean that's who I am, right? You know, but, but what about like there's no room for nuance in the Gemini Sag. And then we come into Taurus, Scorpio nodes and we, we have the life and death experience and we have the, di- like, it seems like the stakes are just getting stronger to either break you down so that you can let go of the illusions of self-identification or it, uh, it concretizes, it concretes, it accretes, it accretes them and it, and it has people double down on their ideologies and on, but even not just the ideologies themselves, but the, the, the practice that what I think is who I am I'm I, I'm identifying myself solely through my belief systems. And so that you know that's a very based on this information. You know that's that's Gemini Sag, meaning May 2020 chickens to <laughs> December 2020 uh 1 uh January December January 2021 those were the the months of based on the this new information this is my belief system based on that information and i therefore this is my identity and this is my whole identity and then taurus scorpio you've got this function of like forcing people to um be still and dwell and and to to perhaps growth by dwelling. And and again, yeah, it it either forces people to soften or to harden. And now we're coming to Aries Libra. So we're coming to the the absolute birthplace of self-identification. And so I think we're coming into it from a place of an already like zenithed out, climaxed out what we, uh, experience of like what we think is self-identification. And then through the 18 months of Aries, North node, Libra, South node, I, (laughs) like it just can't, it can't, we can't stay in illusion. We can't remain in an illusion that what we think is self-identification. I identify as me, um, going into it you know that we're going to be exiting out January of 2025 with a completely different experience and truth and knowledge and blah, 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 all of the words of self-identification. And coming into it, I think a lot of it has to do with the practice of self-identifying at all or identifying as a self. I think this Aries North node is going to be a magnifying glass on what, how, how identifying as a self is fundamentally in the way that we do it now is just fundamentally untrue. And the other side of that, because it's the nodes, it's the polarity concept, it's polarity partnership. The other side of that magnifying glass is showing us through the south node of Libra, like Libra, the south node Libra, all of that breaking down and fleshing out is informing this north nodal process, this Aryan process of like, oh, fuck. I thought identifying as self meant this, but that is not the case, I don't know what it means yet, but all I know is that it doesn't mean that I thought what it meant. And what I wrote down was evolving from individual into individuation. So the individual is different from individuation. The individual is just a, is just a, a thing, right? It's just a separate being, but the fucking lie, chickens, is that <laughs> separate does not exist where we live. There is no such thing as separate. I think this Aries north node and Libra south node nodal transit is going to wash us, like take us through this car wash of like section upon section upon layer upon, you know, brush cycle, etc. cetera, of like, Separate individual as conflated with separate from others is does not exist, it's just going to break it down and break it down and break it down. And what is on the other side of that breakdown is oh, individuation it's the we are a part of a collective, there is nothing that we aren't connected to, and here is how we move here is how we exert our agency whatever our self agency is if it even exists okay here's a tiny rabbit hole we as humans like like western science has proven now that we as people with bodies are actually more made up more cellularly of Things that are not us than are us, like our own personal cells. There are more, meaning there are more microbes within us and outside of us that technically aren't self. They aren't us. They aren't our cells. They aren't human cells. There are more of those microbes than there are our, quote unquote, human cells in our bodies. So knowing that, what, where do I end and another begins? It's super trippy, I know, but it's true. And we're all being called to a greater, a a more conscious experience of these questions, of these subjects, of getting back to individuation, um, of what is self-agency? You know, if if individuation is a collective of beings that, you know, have free will, whatever that means, and move through, have their own specific journey, have their own specific way of expressing their energy through their lives, through their incarnation, and they have their own will, in quotes, um, and how they exert that will, what, what is that? What is that? You know, that's, yes, that's individuation on paper, but we're meant to be embodying it in the next year and a half. And so I think that's, that is going to be, as of today, that's going to be a huge part of, of the next, of our work and of the journey, rather, our play of the next year and a half. And as I talked about, one episode ago, two weeks ago, I've been receiving a lot more, um, getting a lot, I have I've some great resources that have helped me a lot and specifically, most lately, uh, it's Joshua um, Shrey's podcast, um, The Emerald. And I just listened over the last couple of days and then re-listened to two of the some of the latest episodes. One, it's a two-parter. The revolution will not be psychologized. And parts one and two. And meaning, in, 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 within these, these episodes, he's talking a lot. And on the second part, I just want to credit here. On the second part, he has a, an, a, an amazing guest named Bayo. Acomolafe uh, and Bayo fe on the Emerald, and they are talking about how the burden of the individual in our culture, specifically around healing psychology, like the the the, the methodology of psychology of Western psychology and most Western philosophy is a it's focused, it's hyper-focused on the individual. And this is one of those things guys that until you hear about it, you don't even like my mind doesn't even go there that psychology in particular is it's hyper-focused on the individual until like somebody starts talking about it and then it's like something you can't unsee. And it's like, Holy shit. Yeah. You sit, you engaging in therapy, engaging in psychology, engaging in most of the healing modalities that our Western civilization, IE the civilization that I'm sure I think all of you, all of us listening, at least at this point live in, it doesn't accept other modalities as therapeutic as as therapeutic. Uh we can say that like as therapeutic as therapy, as therapeutic as psychology, as therapeutic as psychiatry as there etc. That's just the the culture in which we live right now. Specifically community based care. Com- meaning the fundamentals of that being I am not an individual. I can't be an individual because look at all who I am connected to. And this kind of gets into the animism of it. If, if I am surrounded not by things, but by persons and beings, I am never alone. I am never lonely. So if I am surrounded by ancestors, if I am surrounded by community, and if i am brought up in a way in a philosophy in a modality in a culture that does not see the individual as much as it sees the community if at all then i have nothing but resources i am never alone and therefore the the many points here many points and many results of that but the point that I'd like to make the most is therefore any suffering that I am experiencing any need that I have it is not mine and my problem alone to deal with. And that is the message that we get in therapy. That's the message we get in psychology. That's the message we get in psychiatry. Am I saying that these modalities are bullshit? Absolutely not. They are amazing. They have helped me. They have helped so many people, (laughs) countless, countless, countless people have been helped by these modalities. I'm saying, let's perhaps engage in these modalities with an extra layer of consciousness of what these modalities might be asking us to believe about ourselves. And that is that we are individual and individual alone. When we are not, we are not, and so this—these are the statements and the questions and the tornadoes of, kind of of, of the tornadoes of evolution that are going to be rushing through our world collectively and individually, whatever that is, right? Um, over the next year and a half, of question, forcing us, inviting us, forcing us to bow the knee to. the the greater natural law of who do you think you are thinking that you are an individual? And through that humbling, perhaps, and that relief and that release, we come through the other side experiencing true self-identification or a truer, right? There's no, there's no end to this. A truer sense of self, a truer sense of self identification, a truer sense of our share of the burden of the work of the play that can only lead to a greater experience of individuation, which promotes all life on this earth, all greater consciousness on this earth. So that's my first dip into, uh, into the nodes. And again, the nodal shift will happen. Uh, we'll engage on Monday, 17th of July, 2023. So as I'm recording this two weeks from today, God, that seems like such a short period of time. Uh, And then the nodes will be in Aries-Libra until Saturday, 11th of January, 2025. So invitation, if you feel like it, if you have the capacity, check out where do you have Aries and Libra in your chart? Where do these archetypes show up? Where do these energies, where do these beings show up in your chart? Do you have planetary bodies there? Do you have planetary bodies in other cardinal signs like, uh, or the, yes, other cardinal sign. <laughs> the other cardinal sign, pardon me, Capricorn, <laughs> uh, Capricorn and Cancer. Okay. I am completely brain dead now. Um, and four elements, three qualities. That means every quality has four signs in it. Yep. See, I still get, get that uh, tangled up. Um, so do you have a lot of cancer Capricorn? It means that you've got, you know, this is also your year and a half. Just be, if you don't, even if you don't have Aries and Libra, you're going to be having squaring off. Um, similar to if in the last year and a half, you have a lot of Leo Aquarius and the last year and a half has been, uh, quite an experience for you. It's because you had the squares, of that polarity point um leo and aquarius square off with uh taurus and scorpio so much like that going in Uh, if you have a lot of cancer capricorn you've got some squaring off experience happening in the next year and a half which i do so this is going to be my nodal cross meaning my nodes my north my north node is in cancer my south node is in capricorn Um, all of my malefics are in Libra and my son is in Aries. So, um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm going to be a completely different person in January, 2025. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here to keep going. Right. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, uh, comments, encouragements, rave reviews, please let me know about them. Um, the, the best thing that you could do right now for, um, for this podcast, if you are enjoying yourself and you want it to keep going, um, please leave me a review, uh, preferably a five-star review. And if you have anything under a five-star review, please reach out to me personally and tell me, tell me about it. Uh, because I, I will I will talk about it. I will um, engage with you if you think that there is something less than um, awesome about what you're hearing, and let's let's talk about it because those five star reviews just make sure that um, that other people can hear this. If you are being helped by this information or encouraged by this information, know that other people will be helped and encouraged by this information. So leaving a five-star review will help others. You're doing a mitzvah for others because that means they can find, uh, astrology and stuff a lot easier as well. And of course hit me up on Patreon, hit me up on Instagram. Patreon is simply search for the astrology and stuff podcast and on instagram i'm at sampriti life obviously my website would be a, the best place to check out my offerings and what they are like price points etc uh, www.astrogeomantica.net and i will see you next week next week we've got a beautiful capricorn full moon And we will be even deeper into cancer season as I'm recording this. Uh, It is the height of summer and nothing but sunshine, nothing but light. Uh, There is no escape. (laughs) So thanks, y'all, for being here.